So the reading this morning is very significant to Steve, and um, he chose it, and it is 1 Corinthians, it's chapter 3, it's on page 1081 in your church Bibles. I've got the large version and the glasses on, so we should get there. We're starting at verse 5, and we're going through to the end, and I'll warn you now, it's long, and you might get fed up with my voice, but do try and stick with me, okay? So it's about the church. What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants, through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned each to his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what, the build, what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, and yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know yourselves that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells among you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that many so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness, and again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Kephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, are all yours. And you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Vanessa. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Steve, you're right. Uh, just some random things, if I may. I'd just like to say a big thank you for that amazing party 
last night. It was a party, wasn't it? That's what it was. And it was just awesome. And thank you very, very much. And for all your gifts to us, we're, we're overwhelmed. Um, I, I knew it was the end. I actually thought it was the end at the beginning when I was made to drink that potion. I, I need to meet uh, Messrs. Price and Houston, probably at the back of some dark tent at Soul Survivor next year. They subsequently told me it was milk and, uh, what was it, tuna, and me was it mealworm? Uh, and it tasted and had the texture of a bucket of spit, I have to say. <laughs> and I drank it for you. Uh, and, I, and then I saw them and they said, we didn't think you'd drink that, so... Anyway, I got some sleep last night. And then a bizarre thing happened this morning. I came here for 8 o'clock, and uh, I was wearing my clerical shirt, and I thought, I'll put my dog collar on, because it was the first communion. I put my dog collar on. And as I put it on, it broke into two halves. Just like that. Two almost exact halves. So this is the end. This is the end. Uh, and on that rather bizarre note, I'd like to pray. <laughs> Lord, as your family, we bow in your presence. May your word be our rule, your Holy Spirit our teacher, and your glory our supreme concern. For Jesus' sake, amen. Now, we will come back to that passage because, as Vanessa said, it's special to me because that's the first passage I preached on at Sea Salter in 1994, and that's why I want to come back to it. Um, I was in the old church on Tuesday morning. The thing that's kept me going here over all these years is going to the old church and praying with some of you, discussing the scriptures and praying together, you know, a number of mornings every week. And I'm getting well known in our diocese for saying, in 23 years, I've shown up there at the old church and be by myself fewer than the number of fingers and toes that I've got. And I can't remember the last time I showed up and I was by myself. Isn't that amazing? And that's what's kept me going. And so I want to say a huge thank you to you for being um, a praying church. But anyway, I was in the church on Tuesday morning and at the end I thought I'll stay on because I wanted to know what to say now. And then that came quite quickly. So I was about to leave, and I could hear this kind of rustling, flapping sound. And I looked round, and on the floor was a rather large butterfly. And attached to the butterfly's right wing was a piece of fabric or lint or something like that, white. It was a quarter of an inch long. And the butterfly couldn't fly. And I thought, unless I get that butterfly, and unless I get that off, that butterfly will die. So imagine me sort of chasing this butterfly around underneath the pews to the point where it kind of gave itself to me. It stopped stuck, stuck still in front of me, and it let me pick it up. And I carried it like this outside, and then I held it with that hand, by which time it was flapping madly. And I thought, I've got to get hold of that thing and pull it off. And I managed to do it. I managed to get hold of this white thing. And it was stuck. It wouldn't come off. 
I thought, I've got to pull because it will die anyway. So I pulled and it kind of popped off and the wing was intact and the butterfly flew. And I wonder what that's saying to us. I hope it was grateful because my message today is simply one of gratitude. My dominant feeling, and I know that of my family too, today is of gratitude. I've got my, uh, my diary. Now, this is a little diary. The diaries got bigger every year. They're big diaries now, taking up space in our house, much to Vicky's frustration. But I've got all of these diaries, and this is the first one. And it says, on Monday, the 4th of July, 1994, institution at Seasalter. That was probably the wrong word. And then at the bottom... Monday the 4th, it says, Holland v. Ireland, 5 p.m., Brazil v. USA, 8.30 p.m., because it was the 94 World Cup. I'm just so glad England weren't playing that day. What would we have done? None of this might have happened, you know. I'd have been watching England. My overwhelming feeling is of deep gratitude because through being here with you, the Lord has given me my heart's desire. Because my heart's desire was to be part of a church which was loving and serving and praying, but above all, growing. And I think all church leaders long for that. But it's not always granted, is it? And so I've been truly blessed to be part of this wonderful, growing Christian community where the number of those of us who are discovering the love of God is growing. Because that's who we are, isn't it? We are those who have discovered and are still discovering the depth, that, you know, the height, breadth, width, and depth, that cross shape of the love of God. That's who we are, those on that journey. And it's wonderful to be in a growing church. And that's what this scripture um, is about. So to use a cycling analogy, if I may, um, being with you has been the ride of my life. Nothing can compare or will. And I was even given the T-shirt last night, wasn't I? So being there, done that, got that T-shirt. Um, deep gratitude. The second feeling that I have, um, if I can share it, and Tom, this has now seized up, so just move it on, mate, from gratitude is, is relief. Um, don't hear me wrong. It's not relief that it's over or that I won't see you again. <laughs> I can think of nobody in that category, all right? But it's, it's relief that I never actually terminally messed up as the vicar. Um, I know I messed up in lots of little ways and some medium-sized ways. And if I messed up with you ever, I really want to say, please forgive me, I am sorry. But I didn't terminally mess up by terminally messing up, what I mean is I never forgot to show up at any of your funerals, right? You know it's true. Yet. <laughs> and then the, the third thing, ooh, that's, can, you, can you go back? Anticipation. For the new thing. And um, it's funny, I had lunch. Someone took me for lunch at the Oyster Shed Shack. East Key, 
on Friday, lobster, okay. But it was the first day they were serving royal native oysters in the season. I've never eaten an oyster. Who's eaten an oyster? Put your hand up. See, not everybody, quite a lot. And I thought, 23 years, it's now or never. So I had one of these oysters, and um, actually compared to that bucket of spit that I had, <laughs> they looked about as revolting, but the oyster tasted quite nice. The bucket of spit was a bucket of spit. But I was, I was, we were eating right next to the harbour. Now, in November, as I was praying with the leadership team, quietly, I had this picture that I've shared that led to me taking this new post. It was a very brief, vivid clip. I just saw myself in my kayak. I was approaching the harbour entrance. I was just about to go across the harbour entrance, and this big ship came out, black hole, white superstructure. I was scared. I just spun round and got to a safe place and watched this ship. The picture stopped, and it stayed with me. And I reflected on it, and it's a black and white. There was a decision to make. And the scripture that came with that later on was Isaiah um, 43. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And that's what led me to make that hard decision. Once I'd made the decision, the picture just went. You know, it had done its work. And, but the anticipation, of course, for the new thing. So please pray um, for me in my new role. I know you will. How can I possibly um, thank you for all of this? Letters to all of you? Flowers? Do you want chocolates? Marks and Spencer's vouchers? Whoa. That would be a good way to go, wouldn't it? He broke his neck halfway through his final sermon. <laughs> Paul says that we are co-workers. Now, in the TNIV, it's translated, verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. And the new NIV says, co-workers in God's service. Um, what a delight and a joy it has been to share with you as co-workers in God's service. Obviously, I can think of our present wonderful and all our past wonderful church wardens, ministry leadership team members. We've had fantastic church councils. We've now got a, an amazing staff team. Um, but also, so many of you have never been part of those groups but have been wonderful leaders and co-workers in God's service. It is a particular joy to me to have been in that kind of church. And just to break my rule basic, briefly of not mentioning any names today, I'm going to mention Fabian's name as he is not the vicar, but obviously it's a challenge for Fabian and his family. And I'd just like to say, um, if I was ever looking for a church and Fabian was the vicar, I would love to be part of that church, wouldn't you? Yes. It's, it's not going to be here, but it will be somewhere. So, um, and yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful thing. And um, just again, just to focus just briefly on all the prayer, um, the prayer meetings, the nights of prayer, 
the daily prayer in the church, the informal prayer, prayer here. Thank you, thank you, because that's what makes the church grow. It's not the prayer, it's God, isn't it, who makes the church grow. But we put ourselves in God's way through prayer. So whatever you do in the vacancy, will you please pray together? Will you be a praying church together in the vacancy? You will, yeah. Now the passage itself, just to look briefly at that. Here it is, 1 Corinthians 3, 5 to the end. We've got, I know we've got kids in, so I'm going to be quite brief. This is what we looked at all those years ago. Because it's about it not mattering who the leader is. It doesn't matter who the leader is. After all, what is Apollos? What is Paul, writes Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. And Paul says, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it, but God has been making the thing grow. And that's what we need to remember. We are, verse 9, co-workers in what Paul here calls God's building, back end of verse 9, God's building, God's field. He changes the metaphor, doesn't he? God's building, God's field. We're bricks in the building. We are seeds whom God is growing that, for a purpose, that others may come to be bricks in the building and seeds in God's field. And the point that, that Paul is making um, here is that it grows when Jesus is at the center. If Jesus is at the base and center, it grows. And that's the thing to remember. And so he says in verse 11, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. He goes on to say in the next verses, there'll be a testing of everybody's work. We will be tested with fire. Not us. We're not going to be tested with fire. We belong to the Lord. But our work in building the church of God, which is there to build the kingdom of God, our work, your work and mine, will be tested. And if it was based on Jesus, it will endure, Paul says. So you do see my slight vested interest, don't you? If you look at verse 14, there is a vested interest here, Steve's vested interest. Verse 14, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. So I mean it when I say, from midnight tonight, I will no longer be your vicar, but I will still be your friend. And so if I hear that any of you who are bricks in God's building have taken yourself out of God's building, I will come knocking on your front door, not as your vicar, but as your friend. I've got your addresses in the directory. I know where you live. <laughs> Friends can do that. And so you see the message is... Seriously, that personalities, actually, it's not that just that they're not important. They can be a serious distraction. They don't matter. Your faith does not depend on a person. Your real friend, your greatest friend, is Jesus Christ. And he is your Lord and your Savior. And that is all that matters. It's Jesus at the center, only him. And what's more, it's Jesus at the center, only him, and him crucified. 
him crucified. That's why Paul has just written famously in 1 Corinthians 1, and I'm reading verse 22 onwards. Famous verses, Jews demand signs, Greeks look for wisdom. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to Greeks, but to those whom God has called, Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, Jesus and him crucified. And that's why in our scripture, Paul goes on near the end to say, so you're God's temple. You are God's temple. The Lord dwells in you. You're his field, you're his building. But no, because of the cross, more than that, Jesus lives in you by his spirit. So let the focus be on the Lord today and his goodness and our gratitude for all he has done. Now just to kind of wind up, this is a map of the Diocese of Canterbury. It's a really good map, but my photograph isn't very good, so I, I apologize for that. And this is the hope I take forward in my new role. I know it can't be quite the same, but can we support and increase the number of lively and growing Christian communities across our diocese? And I want to be really focused on that task. I could easily be distracted in this role onto other things. Please pray for me that I will have real clarity and focus on that task. Because I guess, I guess... A lot of our churches are a bit like butterflies that can't fly here. They're kind of stuck. They're kind of held back by something. Sometimes they just want to hang on to the way things are. Sometimes it's fear. They just don't take the risk of flying. So let's pray that they will fly. And finally, for all of you here, as I say, from midnight to night, uh, our relationship changes and so what I'm going to do after this service when we've had coffee I hope some of you might come I'm going to walk to the old church if I can get the keys off the church warden and I'm going to ring the bell for the last time I'm going to ring myself out I just hope a few people might be with me while I do that I don't know how many times to ring it so you can speculate about that uh, maybe 23, that would, would be good, wouldn't it? I'm making this up, obviously. Um, but that means after that, it's a friendship thing. Can you move it on, Tom? So here, that, uh, whoop, go back. Go back, that's it, that's me and Vicky in our new back garden. No, I'm winding you up, that's not our back garden. That's our local pub, which is about three minutes walk. Actually, it's fantastic. They're looking over Pegwell Bay, and that is our address. So let's remain in touch. It does say warning, dangerous cliffs, but if you come, we will keep you safe. That's our promise. Okay, it will be all right. And just to say that being a friend and not the vicar means that from now on, I will do everything I can to support first Fabian and then the new vicar, whoever he or she is. And I will never do anything that makes life difficult for them. Just so you've heard me say that. So to finish, we're all butterflies. We're all hampered by the burden of frailties of various kind, aren't we, you and me? I'm just hampered by the burden of being Steve 
as you know. We all have our histories. We all have our pain. We all have great challenges in our lives. We all have our sin. But in Christ, we are God's field. We are God's temple. We're God's butterflies. And we're made to fly. So my prayer for you in the time to come is that you will indeed fly. Your future as a church is so exciting. As we think about the Lucerne outreach, as we invest ourselves in growing and developing young leaders, for example, that's an exciting future. That's flying, that is. Make sure that in some way, even if it's just through your prayers and your love, that you're part of that. I'm going to ask the band if they'd like to come up now while I just finish off. If you guys, I know you want to lead into the next song, so if you just take your place. Now, are you all ready, you guys? When I was in the church this week, on another occasion, I had a little memory. My memory was of the first two weeks of my time, and I was praying there with my predecessor's wife. Phil's wife, Lizzie, was there. She stayed in the church after he died. We were praying, and I felt the Lord's presence. And at the end, I just said to Lizzie, so the Lord's here as well then, is he? The Lord has always been here in all the years, hasn't he, in our midst? You are God's temple. You are made to fly as individuals, as a church. So fly. Thank you to you for all your love and all that you've given me and my family. And thanks be to God. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.